Too often, Black women are a mere afterthought in conversations around wellness, but not in this space. On this podcast, the dialogue is always centered around women like you. Welcome to the podcast, but more importantly, welcome to the tribe. Be well, sis. Hi, and welcome back to the Be Well, Sis podcast. I am your host, Cassandra Dunbar. And for this holiday mini-series, I am joined by Brittany Horn of Revel Wellness. And we know that many of us love the holiday season, but it's just not always rosy and can be a real tough time. So that is why we are stepping in as your holiday besties to help you navigate this sometimes tumultuous time of year. So before we even get started and move into part one of the series, Brittany, introduce yourself. (laughs) Hello. Hi, guys. My name is Brittany Horn. I'm the founder of Revel Wellness Co., where we create mini self-care inspired jigsaw puzzles designed to help Black women feel seen, de-stress, and practice mindfulness. Um, I started Revel Wellness Co. after experiencing my own struggles with mental health, dealing with a very toxic work environment, and being super wrapped up in in my job, and just being in this horrible survival mode where all I could do was focus on work. Um, And I really had just made a decision to find ways to bring peace into my life. Um, And I turned to one of my childhood activities, which was doing jigsaw puzzles, something that I did with my grandmother who still does into this day. Um, And I just noticed how it really helped me relax and think of things outside of work and just be present and mindful. Um, And I just wanted to be able to give that gift to other women such as myself who may be going through a similar situation. Oh, that is so real. Um, So please visit the website. I will have the link down below in the show notes. Um, It makes for beautiful gifts. The the imagery of the puzzles are so beautiful and it reflects us and in just all of our glory and in diversity. So yeah, check that out. Thank you so much for joining. So speaking of stress, um, navigating this time of year, the holidays, um, when you are estranged from a family member, specifically like a parent or a sibling, is especially difficult. Um, So let us open up the series by talking about that, because that is something that I know a lot of people, unfortunately, have to deal with. Yeah. Um, So I'll I'll give you a little bit of a backstory about myself. So I don't have a relationship with my father. I never had a relationship with my father. Um, Him and my mother, they broke up before I was even born. And he took that as, all right, well, I'm going to piece it out. Like, I'm just not going to be available, period. Um, So the first time I met him, I was 15, and um, it was not the best encounter. And for years, we tried to have a relationship. And I use that word try really loosely um, because I had a a lot of anger, and I didn't understand my feelings. Um, this was like way before therapy and, um, I was resistant. I think what I really wanted from him was just to apologize and then to move forward mm-hmm. from there. But in learning him, uh, what I, the little bit that I know about him, he's very prideful, right? So he would never say, I'm sorry for not being there. Or I'm mm-hmm. sorry for not stepping up and being a parent. He just felt that he could just pick up right where he had quote left off. Um, So for years, we tried to have a relationship. It just wasn't healthy. Um, I felt for me, it was more harmful than helpful. So I'm just like, you know what? Let's just stop. So I haven't spoken to him in like seven years. And I never Mm -hmm. had a father figure. So you would think that it's something that's like, 
like that's my normal right it's my baseline but something about the holidays that make my birthdays and the holidays that make me think about a potential relationship with him and kind of like missing Mm -hmm. the relationship that we never had um I don't know I I just rambled there and I just went off on a a long tangent but I had to get some backstory (laughs) listen no I completely feel so much of your story I mean I'll share a little background myself you know my father you know I grew up with my father in my life but we've I'll say once I got into my teen years things kind of just took a downturn you know I think there was always issues in, in terms of his relationship with my mom and he would kind of like use me and my brother to kind of like hold over my mom's head or he was he was very controlling and a bit narcissistic and as I got older I started to pick up on it more and it also he started to turn his controlling ways towards me um and the older I got the more I was like just becoming more aware of it I actually started my therapy journey because of a lot of the issues I was dealing with with him and the frustrations of feeling like I was crazy and like having all these, you know, like me being made to feel as though like I was wrong for feeling the way I felt about things that he did. And literally like my first session with my first therapist, after kind of explaining certain situations, she just said to me, she's like, oh, so he gaslights you. And I was like, it was like complete mind blown. Cause like, even though I was familiar with the term, I just never associated it like with him until she kind of broke it down for me. And I was like, wow. Like, so at that point I just really started looking at him differently and distancing myself. Um, And I I gave it, I I said to myself, okay, you know what? Let me try to express how I feel. Let me just like make this one attempt to really say, hey, like this is how I've been feeling. This This is what I want, you know, out of you. Similar to you, just hoping for an apology and we can move on. That's all I wanted was some acknowledgement, apology, let's move on. But he just could not do it. You know, he proceeded to gaslight me again, you know, trying to twist my words around, trying to throw things in my face from when I was like 10 years old (laughs) that had nothing to do with the conversation. And at that point I decided I'm done. You know, I felt like I had given all that I could to have a true um, relationship with him. And he, you know, showed that he was not willing to do so. And so I also have not spoken to him in about seven years. So um, I think for me, the hardest times, because I've gotten really good at just kind of blocking him out. And I think, especially since over the years, he's he hasn't even lived in the same area as me or my mom. So it's kind of been out of sight, out of mind for the most part. Yeah. I'll say Father's Day is, is the hardest time of year for me because that's when you see so many girls, especially posting, you know, pictures and videos and telling stories about the relationship they have with their fathers. And like, oof, always gets me in the feels because I'm like, man, yeah. like I just so... D- so desperately wish I could have that kind of relationship with him. Like I don't hate him by any means, um, but I have not been able to let go. I know you had mentioned that, you know, you start to learn your dad a bit more and you just kind of realize like, okay, he's not capable of giving me what I'm looking for. And you just Mm -hmm. kind of like understand that. And for me, I've just never accepted it. Even though I know I have to, there's still a part of me that that holds on to hope that one day it can change. And so yeah. in, in my mind, I process it as the day that I forgive or accept is the day that I give up hope on getting what I need as a daughter mm. my father. So that's like mm. the, the, the stuff that I'm going through when it comes to my relationship with my dad. But I'll say, I think what makes it easy 
easier for me around the holidays is the fact that like, you know, he hasn't really been around for the holidays for so long, you know? Um, And so that do I definitely wish that it, um, it could be a more cookie cutter family unit? Yes, but I've just mm-hmm. kind of like hardened <laughs> to it a little bit sure. yeah. um, and just try not to think about it, honestly. No, I hear you. We we do what we have to do to like protect ourselves. Yeah. And if it means like, you know, being a little bit hardened and um, compartmentalizing. Yeah. Yeah. Are all those defense mechanisms that sometimes get a bad rap are literally like our brain's way of protecting us, right? Yeah. Protecting our hearts. So... I, I get that. Um, you mentioned the Father's Day and ooh, it took mm-hmm. me so long. I wanna say it's been like the last few years that I have been okay on Father's Day. Mm. Um, and the only reason why is because now seeing my husband and how he is to our kids has like shifted mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. energy and my focus. Um while I do, I, I I still when I see like those girl dad posts and yeah. I see just beautiful fam like father daughter relationships, I still oh my gosh, I long for that so much. Like I I get teary eyed yeah. every time it's like a video on TikTok. Like yeah. it's something funny. It's like probably like a comedy sketch between like a, a father and a daughter. Or there was this one period where they were talking about. Um, if her daddy got a bald head and something else, like she doesn't need anything from you. Oh. And it's like, it was showing like girls who like, they call their dad for everything. Like, yeah. Dad, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and like the yeah. dad's always there. There's this one in particular that like, oh, so she had moved into her own apartment and her dad like brought her furniture, groceries. I think he cooked the groceries too. Mm. Like, and I'm just like, that's beautiful. And yeah. Um, I don't know. So I, I used to be really jealous. Maybe I still am jealous. It's quite possible. It's and yeah. and and it's nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel like and and also I don't know if you listen to. I think her name is Brene Brown. She has like these really great TED talks on Netflix. Yes. Um, I think I was I watched one of her recent ones on HBO Max, and I think she was talking about the difference between jealousy and envy and how a lot of times we confuse the two. And I want to say jealousy is when there's a fear of losing something to someone else versus mm-hmm. envy, which is where you, you just kind of want what someone else has. So I don't know, you may not even really be jealous. You may just kind of be envious, which mm-hmm. I am as well <laughs> when it comes mm-hmm. to seeing these other things. And you mentioned something about how like um, your husband, like seeing him interact with your kids um, has kind of shifted your focus. That's actually something that um, I'm fearful of. Like when I have a child, especially if I have a daughter, um, not that I not that I fear that they're not going to have a relationship. I fear that how I'm going to react because I mm-hmm. also feel like I will be envious of her, unfortunately, um, and, and wishing that I had that same relationship. And that's actually something my therapist has brought to my attention of, you mm-hmm. know, incur- as she encourages me to process and let go of some of this this hurt and this anger, um, because it's going to come up. <laughs> it's going, like, yeah. I can, I can push it away now because I don't have any kids, but, uh, and honestly, like part of the reason why I chose my husband is because I saw his relationship with his younger siblings, especially his younger sister. And that was like on my radar. I was like, I want to find a partner who's going to be a great dad to our children. And yeah. so now looking at it 
you know, from a different perspective, it's like, wow, okay, so now I'm, I'm, I know he's going to be a great father, but how am I going to handle seeing my child get what I always wanted, you know, mm, and, and just being real, real and honest with myself. Yeah, like, of course, I'm not going to take anything out on my child, but like, I know that I will be having some resent more resentment towards my father when that happens and like a sad mm. deeper sadness there that I, I know I need to work through. Be Well Sis is very much an advocate for therapy and I believe that you don't have to be in crisis in order to seek help and get support. Life is complicated. We all wear many hats and sometimes it can be overwhelming. Starting therapy years ago has been pivotal in helping me be a better mother, daughter, and partner. It's truly been a game changer in how I view myself and the world around me. So Be Well Sis is proud to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy platform whose mission is to make professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life challenges can get help anywhere and anytime. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. That's BetterHelp.com slash BeWellSis. Yeah, you know, um, two things. I always wanted a daughter. I, I have two boys and I always wanted a daughter because similar to you, I saw some characteristics in my husband that I'm just like, he'll be a great dad one day. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted him, I really wanted to have a daughter because I wanted in a way like a part of me to have what I didn't have. Yeah. Um, we have two boys and the shop is closed, not having any more children. <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> but um I, I really hear you. I oh man, I I really hear you. And I think not. I think so. For years, I tried like to have a relationship like with my father. Like I would, you know, it was superficial. If I'm being yeah. honest, yep. right? I wasn't. Yep. I don't think I was <clears throat> emotionally regulated enough to mm -hmm. like really be honest with myself first and then with him about yeah. what I needed in this relationship. Cause at this point I was an adult, like you can't raise me anymore. I've already right. been raised. Right. Um, so I, I tried for a few years superficially. And then I'll tell you the last time I spoke to my husband was to my father, excuse me, was the day that I had my oldest son hmm. and something about seeing my child and realizing oh shit he can't do anything for himself like mm. he's truly vulnerable like if we walk away that's it like he cannot survive yeah. and then I was like oh my gosh wow you left me to die essentially wow. like you you abandoned me like a vulnerable like babies can't do anything for themselves and you walked away and I was like oh I really have no respect for you and I can't fake the funk with you anymore and then from there he would call and I just would like mm, I don't need to pick up there's nothing to talk about truly yeah that's um, real that's yeah completely understandable yeah. It, yeah it gives you a whole new perspective on like this the severity of his actions you know yes yes I, I just didn't get it for whatever reason but yeah I, I think the like the first night the night that I had my my son I like the the, I guess the hormones were like yeah. pumping and I just could not sleep. I was dog tired, but I was anxious too. Mm -hmm. Like, 
oh shoot, you guys really gave me a baby. What am I going to do with this thing? <laughs> like, and I remember at one point, um, Noah was like awake, but not like crying. He was like looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm just like, wow, this man left. That is wild. I'm like, ain't that something? <laughs> Left. So I'm like, yeah, um, we're, I'm done here. I'm, I'm done faking the funk. Like, I'm just going to really try to show up as fully as I can for this child. And, and that's that. Um, yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, truly. Um, so I have another article or I have an article about dealing with family estrangement during the holidays. So one of the takeaways that I really appreciate, and I think we both touched on, is to actually say to yourself, it's okay to feel angry and hurt about this. Mm. In my opinion, the healing um, will start to come when we are honest with ourselves about what hurt us to begin with. I spent so much time um, pretending that I wasn't hurt, that I wasn't affected, Um, Because I always would tell myself, well, I I have a good mom, but I've learned that two things could be true. You know, I had a mom who stayed, who showed up, who gave her best, but also a dad who left me for dead. If like we're being just completely honest. Right. Um, And that's hurtful. And yeah. And it's okay to be hurt. And also I was mad. Mad for so many reasons, mad at him. And if I'm honest with myself, mad at my mom for choosing him Mm. as a partner. Um, That's real. Yeah. I I get that. And I think touching on what you said about how two things can be true. I think as as children of of parents who have wronged us in some way, you do have to battle with, because as a child, you inherently love your parents, you know? And mm-hmm. just like you said, like in the beginning, you didn't even recognize, you know, how things that he did affected you. And I think for a long time for me, I struggled with, you know, first of all, seeing my mom deal with certain things, but then coming and telling me not to deal with the same things. And then also having him in my life, you know, he wasn't absent. Um, he, and he was, he provided, he was a very good provider, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but he was not there emotionally, you know, and he was extremely controlling and manipulative. So dealing with that of, okay, like he's not a horrible person, but at the same time, like he's not giving me what I need as a, as a child, like fully, like I would much rather have him be there with me emotionally than just focused on, you know, providing, you know, monetarily, you know, and, and being able to come to terms with that. Cause for a long time, I felt, I felt like I was selfish or I felt like I was asking for too much. You know what I mean? Like I should be happy with what I got. Cause that's what he would tell me. He would, he would say I could be, he he would always say I could always be be worse. At least I was there, you know, at least I wasn't beating, you know, exactly. Mm. So, so dealing with stuff like that was really hard to get to a place where I felt comfortable enough walking away and saying like, you know, I deserve more and I don't have to continue having a superficial relationship just because you're my dad and you took care of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Who, um, I, I just learned like in a, a couple years ago, um, emotion, like what's it called? Like, us having real emotional needs, especially as children mm-hmm. and being emotionally safe and emotionally cared for. Yeah. Um, I, I think 
and this is like a whole nother subject, but I, I, I know for myself, like, even though my mother was there, was present, she really didn't have much to give me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it's because of her own trauma and because yeah. of the way she was raised, right? Um, so I think two things. One, people from that generation kind of don't get it. Yeah. And unfortunately, some, too many from that generation also aren't trying to get it. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Like they don't want to learn. Right. Um, and it might also be because then they'll have to address their own stuff. Yes. I a thousand percent agree. I think that is definitely adds a lot to it. Yeah. Um, but I say all that to say, um, you, um, I think you said that something to the effect of you being, feeling like what, getting to a point where addressing your needs and what your needs were like it took some time and I think Mm -hmm. it's so important for us to whatever we need is never too much is the point you know whatever our needs are are our needs they're not too much and that's it there's going to be someone who does not feel that what you're asking for is too much or that you are too much um and and I think it even extends like besides like romantic relationships I think you can find that love that you may not have got in your relationship with like your parent or a sibling in a platonic relationship I think we need to do um better as a society as like our culture to really put emphasis on um having a community of people that you're not romantically involved in that are super important and that you pour into like mutually Mm -hmm. yep um yeah, I, I think especially this time of year, if you don't have like the traditional like rosy, happy family situation, I know that just about every one of us has at least one or two people that we have like deep, well-rounded relationships with that we mm-hmm. we, we can pivot our focus to. Agreed. Yeah, and and. It's something that you have to also work on too. I know for me, especially like I didn't, I, I, I would isolate myself intentionally from a lot of people, just, you know, Same. trust issues, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which stemmed very early on, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I'm realizing now more than ever, just how important community is and just how important it is for you to find your tribe and find a group of like-minded individuals who both like understand you and also help you grow in multiple ways. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. The other thing that I would like to share from the article that I will link down below in the show notes is, um, so last year I had, I, I think it was last year or the year before I had an episode about what to do if you don't feel thankful, um, Mm. around Thanksgiving. Cause sometimes you just try to dig deep for finding gratitude. But like, if you're being honest, you just don't feel grateful for anything, Um, so one of the notes in this or yeah, the notes in this article says to make a physical list of all your positive attributes. And I'm such a big believer now in writing down, like literally putting pen to paper about, um, writing about all that you appreciate about yourself, your life and your accomplishments. Cause Mm -hmm. sometimes having to see it on paper really allows you to like um, have something to be appreciative for. And you can always reference it whenever you're just not feeling great about your circumstances. That makes sense. Yeah. It helps to 
get it out and have like a tangible thing that you can go to that it so that it's like not just in your mind or not even in the back of your mind, but like it's right there in front of you and you can actually see it and, and look at it as something that's real. So I think it's really easy when you're just kind of going through life day by day, it's super easy to just kind of push things to the side or, you know, compare yourself to others and say, well, what I did wasn't as big as somebody else, so it doesn't matter, or it's not worthy of of celebrating or feeling grateful for. But the more you can kind of write things down and have more self-awareness of, of things that you're doing, your accomplishments, whether big or small, like it's you, you know what I mean? And like, you should appreciate the fact that you were able to get yourself to these points and do these things and just survive. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like just getting through the year, you know, is an accomplishment in itself with this crazy world that we are in. You know what I mean? Like be grateful for your body, for keeping you here, be grateful for your mind, for not going crazy. And and the people in your life that, that have helped you along the way. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to give the listeners, like, if you're listening to this episode, your homework assignment is to for sure sit down, take a few minutes and write down the things that you're grateful for about yourself, the things that you have done, that you have accomplished in the past year, big or small. Um, And then the list of people who have been there for you and have supported you through in however they supported you through it. Mm -hmm. Um, So write it down so that way, whenever things are hard, you have something to like reference, like, yeah, we're doing this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great idea. Yes. Um, and then one thing that also you kind of mentioned was um, that the article mentions is don't isolate yourself due to stigma about family estrangement. So mm. it's super important. And that is my go-to. My defense mechanism is to retreat. Yep. Uh, and I'm working on not doing that. So it's okay to sometimes if you need to like, take a rest. Mm-hmm. And if that means disappear off of social media for a little bit, if that means like spend a day or two alone with your thoughts, that's completely fine. But it becomes a problem where you completely withdraw from everyone yeah. um, because you're spiraling thinking about this one relationship um, that's estranged, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that I appreciate is to remind yourself that the holidays won't last forever. So if your trigger is the holiday season itself, I completely get it. And you're not wrong for that. Just remember that this is like a period. And then before you know it, we'll be in January and everybody will be on their new me, yep. your new me kick. Yep. So yep. <laughs> things will, will come back to normal. <laughs> It'll be a whole different set of things to worry about. Like... <laughs> Getting fit for the summer, changing right. your diet. <laughs> right. It's wild how like just we are so cyclical. Yep. It's always the same stuff. Like every single time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's like little changes, like in terms of like what's happening in the world. But even that, on if you look at it on a big macro scale, like mm-hmm. it's always the same stuff. Trauma, yep. like war, yep. money. But anyway, so yeah, so um, do you have any other um, tip for us to close out this episode? So part one of our holiday mini episode. Um, I think just another tip too, and this is like probably going to be a common theme across this series is, you know, seek, uh, I would say seek therapy or seek some kind of therapy that would work for you. It doesn't have to necessarily be going to a therapist, but finding different ways to kind of get your feelings out of your mind and like 
either spoken to another individual or written down on paper. Um, I think just kind of taking that first step and finding a therapist is good to kind of figure out what does work for you. Um, but yeah, that would be a, a huge tip that I would give because it, I just know for myself, it has it has changed me in a lot of different ways in the way that I think and the way that I process things. Um, and it's given me a deeper understanding of, of who I am. So I would definitely recommend to everyone else as well. Truly, truly. I absolutely agree with you um, for sure. I, I started going to therapy for one reason and then stayed because I just got to know myself, like truly know myself. So I agree. Yep. All right. So thank you so much, Brittany. This wraps up the part one of our holiday mini episodes. Thank you so much for joining. Until next time, be well. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Be Well Sis podcast. For more information on anything discussed in this episode, please see the show notes and or visit www.bewellsispodcast.com. Oh, and don't forget to leave a five-star rating on Apple. Until next time, be well, sis.